If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 32. And we want to thank all the people that are watching online. We've got a huge online audience all throughout Central Florida. And we want to thank them for being with us today. And thank you for being here uh, today. We're in a year-long series on heroes of the Bible. And today we are going to look at a real character. Jerry Springer would love this guy. <laughs> His name is Jacob. And I can't, I'm not even, I'm not even adequate to even describe how dysfunctional this guy was. He was a mess. Drama followed him every single day. He was a liar and a deceiver and just, he was a mess. Has anyone ever, anyone ever met somebody like that? I mean, they just wake up and, and drama and toxic behavior just seems to follow them and there's always issues and it's exhausting. And obviously God knew that all this was going on in Jacob's life. And God finally said, enough is enough. Jacob, I love you, and I believe in you, and inside of you I see destiny and purpose, and I am not going to allow you not to be changed. You and I are going to have a, a smackdown at Jabbok. That's the title of my sermon. That's a good one. That's, that's a really good one. The smackdown at Jabbok. God said, buddy, we're going one-on-one. -on -one, and when we leave this meeting, you are changing. There's going to be a, a battle. There's going to be a wrestling match. There's going to be a smackdown. And when you leave, you're going to be different. You're going to change. Now listen, I want to challenge everyone here today listening and those watching on, online. You are never too old to stop changing. And just because you're a member of AARP does not, does not give you the license to remain the same. You can be 80 years old and you can still change and be transformed into the image of Christ. You haven't arrived. There's more work to be done. And like Jacob, all of us need to embrace the transformation that is available through the power of the Holy Spirit for us to be better and different than we were last year. God forbid anyone look at you and say, man, you haven't changed a bit. And I know what they mean when they say that. But that's not the kind of compliment that, 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 that I want said of me, that I'm the same that I was 15 years ago. I want to be different. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I want to be like that butterfly. I want the, the, the issues and the drama and the insecurities and the weaknesses, I want them to be removed so that I can be more like Christ. 
And what I'm encouraged today about this story of Jacob, as dysfunctional as he was, it gives me hope because he was changed. He was different. And that happens when you and I embrace the beautiful transformative power of the Holy Spirit. He can change us. Ma'am, you don't have to be the way you were last year. You can be changed in a moment. You can be changed in an instant. Those things that you don't like about yourself, those things that, that, that have been gnawing at you, those things that have been attacking you, those things that have been pulling you back, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be changed and you could be different. And if he can do it for Jacob, he can do it for you. So I, I receive much grace and hope when I read the story of Jacob. Because I say to myself, if God can change Jacob, he can change me. And he can change you. And I hope you believe that today. I hope none of you have, uh, uh, have arrived and think that you've got it all together and you're perfect. All of us need help, amen? We all need to be changed. How many of us need to be a little bit more like Jesus? And that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. So these next few moments, I want you to be open. The Bible says that God resists the proud. Think about that. How would you like to have God resist you? Well, he does when you're proud, when you're arrogant. When you say, oh, Pastor Scott, I've heard this before. I know all about Jacob, and I, I've been in church all my life. That's pride, and God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Rather, we should say, God, I've been following you for 50 years, and I've enjoyed every year, and I want to be changed. I want to be different. I want to be made new. I want to be like that butterfly. I want to be transformed in your image. Help me today, and God will do it. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter, chapter 32, and I want to read just a couple verses to you, and then we're going to get into, into this. That night... Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. Boy, he had his hands full. Yeah. Two wives, two female servants, and 11 sons. I, I wonder what, what they've been doing all these years, but that's another sermon. And they crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. Oh, I like that. He sent over all his possessions, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. The man asked him, what's your name? And Jacob answered, the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans, and you have overcome. Wow. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it's because I saw the face of God face to face, and yet my life was spared. And the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Wow, what a great story. The smackdown at Jabbok. 
God goes one-on-one -on -one with Jacob. And God comes to the place where he says, I love you so much, I'm not going to allow you to remain the same. You're going to be different, and we're going to have a wrestling match, and God always wins. Jacob's name means heel catcher. Heel catcher. He got his name because he was the second born of twins. His brother Esau was born, and Jacob was born right after him, and they called him heel catcher. Now listen, just for a moment. I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, but I tell you today that when his parents named him heel catcher, the words that they spoke over him created a negative belief system. I'm telling you, just by calling him heel catcher, they implied that he was second. And he fell under his brother's shadow, Esau. And from the very beginning of his life, Jacob had issues because of this. I don't fully understand it, but I really do believe it. Because you look at how toxic he was, there's no other reason given for his behavior other than he had a negative belief system because of the words that were spoken over him. You're a heel catcher. You're second. You're going to always be in the shadow of your brother. And because of that, Jacob had trauma, rejection, low self-esteem, and a negative belief system. And because of that, if you look in Genesis 31 and 30 and 29 and 28, you're going to see that he became a, a liar, a deceiver, a manipulator, an imposter, a conniver, a con artist, a scammer, and a fraud. How would you like that to be said of you? And we all know people in our lives that have had a negative belief system, and because of that negative belief system, their behavior is a reaction of how they feel about themselves. I've got some, I've got some bricks here today and, and a bag, symbolic of, of, of kind of the, the baggage that Jacob walked around with. He had, he had, he had low self-esteem, and he just put that, in his, put that in his bag. He was labeled a, 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 a failure, and he put that in his bag. He had, he, he had anxiety that caused him to cheat and lie and steal and connive, and he just put that in his bag. He was, he was guilty. And he couldn't deal with that, so he just put that in his bag. He had what I said just a few minutes ago, a negative self-belief system. And he put it in there, and, and there's re rejection and trauma 
put that in there. A little bit of, little bit of fear. How many are getting blessed already? <laughs> You're feeling pretty good about yourself, aren't you? So you got fear. You've got depression. We'll put that in there. We'll get a little bit of loneliness. We'll put that in there. And Lord willing, we can add a little bit of bitterness. And then we'll just get that all in there. And before you know it, he was carrying around a lot of baggage. And it followed him everywhere he went because he was labeled a heel catcher. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, be careful of the words you speak. Be very wise in what you say. And Jacob, in every relationship, carried this with him. It's called baggage. And I'm delighted to tell you today that you don't have to carry this with you the rest of your life. The words spoken over you, the phrases that was used to declare that you are a heel catcher, can be broken today by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to walk around with the baggage. You don't have to walk around with the words spoken of it. Now be very, very careful. Let's concentrate and not allow any distractions. It's not an accident that things like this happen because the enemy loves to kill, steal, and destroy and distract. And I can tell when I'm striking oil. And right when you start striking oil, the enemy will use anything to try to distract us. So it's, going, it's, it's okay. I've been around long enough. I know the tactics of the enemy. The challenge here today is you've been walking around with this, and you're a believer. And you don't have to walk around with this anymore. When you go one-on-one with God, and you meet God, and he wrestles with you, you change, and he doesn't. And you get to unload all of the baggage that you've been carrying around for years, and you get to leave with a new name and a new purpose. And that's the power of the gospel. And I'm telling you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal things to you today, areas that a counselor and a psychologist will never be able to remove from you. But the power of the Holy Spirit can identify areas, and you can change just like Jacob. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, let me give you six real quick points that I want to talk about today. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. When you wrestle with God, number one, it's always a battle to change you. See, this is about you, and it's about you becoming better, and it's about you becoming more like Jesus. Now, I need to remind some of you today, God's not going to change 
And this battle is not about God changing. Wouldn't it be nice to, to kind of have an attorney kind of negotiate for us and, and, and kind of ask God to change the things that we don't? That's not going to happen. He says, I change not. So this battle at Jabbok, the smackdown that we're talking about today, is about changing you. And I think a lot of us at times, we are always concerned about God changing other people. And the focus is never ourself. Guess what, ma'am? This is not about changing your husband, changing your pastor, changing your president. This is about changing you. And when you meet God at Jabbok, this is all about changing you. The Bible says we are changed. Everyone say changed. We are transformed. Watch this. We are turned from a caterpillar into a butterfly in the presence of the Lord from glory to glory to glory. And Jacob needed change and it was the confrontation at Jabbok that caused him to get rid of his baggage, get a new name and a new lease on life. This is about changing you. That word there, Jabbok, is a river. It's a beautiful, beautiful river. What's even more beautiful is the meaning of the name. The word Jabbok means a river, a stream, waters of you being emptied. When Jacob crossed that river and he was getting ready to wrestle with God, watch this. The river he crossed was Jabbok, and that river means a place of emptying. See, there's something in your bag. There's something in your past. There's something that you are carrying around, and you're the only one who knows it except God. And he brings you to this place. This season, this time when you wrestle and it is all about you changing and you emptying yourself of your issues, your dysfunction, your weakness, and becoming more like God. And every once in a while, God's going to call you to a wrestling match. Every once in a while, there's going to be a season in your life where God's going to demand that you meet him. And in that wrestling match, in that fight... You're going to change, and you're going to be more like Jesus. The place of empty. I want you to think just for a few moments. What is that one thing that you believe God wants you to empty out of your baggage? And whatever it is, it happens when you wrestle with God one-on-one. Can I get an amen? Number two, I love this one. When you wrestle with God, it's always a one-on-one match. It's always a one-on-one match. I've got bad news for you today. And by the way, how many ever wrestled with God on an issue? Can I see your hands? Yeah. It's always one-on-one. I want you to notice in the Bible it says, and Jacob was left alone. I've got bad news for you today. When you wrestle with God, you can't take your attorney. You can't take your CPA with you. You can't, you can't bring your pastor along. You can't bring the bishop with you. You can't bring your wife. You can't bring your husband. Why? Because this is a battle, and it's a one-on-one battle. And I want you to notice that Jacob had to leave his 11 sons, his two slaves, his two wives, and God said, I want you to meet me one-on-one. 
one, don't bring anybody with you. That's a wonderful reminder that when we meet with God, it's always about us. And it's always one-on-one. And God doesn't want to talk to you about your wife. God doesn't want to talk to you about your kindergarten teacher. He wants to talk with you, and it's one-on-one. The smackdown at Javak. Number three, it's always a long battle. When you fight with God, it is always a, 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 a long fight. It's a long battle. The Bible says in Genesis 32 that he wrestled with him till daybreak, all night. And sometimes in your battle with God, it, it can be all night. It can be all week. It can be all month. It can be all year. It can take a century. The point is there's something in you that needs to be emptied. And however long it takes, God's willing to fight as long as it takes. Can I get an amen? That place of emptying. I love what Catherine Coleman says, a great healing evangelist. She said in this battle, in this fight to become more like Christ, you start out where you say, all of me and none of you, God. And then you begin to wrestle. Then you begin to fight. Then you begin to go back and forth and suddenly it turns into some of you and some of me. And then after a little bit more fighting, you come to the place where Catherine Coleman said, none of me and all of you. See, that's what happens when you wrestle with God. Your issues, your weaknesses, your toxic behavior gets changed and you become more and more like Christ. And it always takes a long time. Can I, can I get an amen? Number four, real quickly, when you wrestle with God, it's always a battle of your will. The man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you change me. And by the way, how many know that we always will have that battle of the will? You've got your plans, you've got your will, you've got your way, and guess what? Many times those are in contrary to God's will and God's plan. And by the way, I'm comforted because Jesus had that same struggle. You know, he pleaded three times, I don't want to do this. This is not fun. I didn't sign up for this. This doesn't feel good. Not my will, but your will. He said it three times. And if Jesus had that struggle, how much more are we going to have struggle as believers? And it will always be, when you battle with him, it will always be a battle of your will. And I pray today that you will die to your way. You will die to your will. You will die to your plan. You will die to your vision. And you will surrender and say, God, whatever you need to do in me, do it. Not my will, but your will. Number five, when you wrestle with God, it will always be a place of transformation. Oh, I love this. Bruce, if you can go to the keyboard. Genesis 32, verse 28. Watch this. Jacob begins to fight, and Jacob begins to release the things in him, the hurt, the pain, the anger, the fear. He starts to release these things in the battle, and he starts to change. And after the battle, God says, Jacob, I'm no longer going to call you Jacob. I'm going to give you a new name. See, 
Some of you laugh at me because I always reveal the meanings of names. But God transformed Jacob and said, I'm no longer going to call you heel catcher. I'm going to call you Israel. And Israel means God prevails. Hmm. God wins. Guess what, church? You're not always going to win. You're going to lose. But when you lose, you win. Jacob started to win for the first time in his life. Somebody believed in him. Someone spoke purpose. Someone spoke destiny. For the first time in his life, he wasn't called a heel catcher. He was called the man that God prevails. And when you begin to change and transform and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, he changes everything. He changes your behavior. He changes your name. And he changes your future. I pray God would raise up men and women in this church who would be willing to let go of the baggage that you've been carrying around. Doesn't it get heavy? Doesn't it get exhausting? Aren't you tired of the drama? God says, I can change you. You can be different. I know the way you are, but you don't have to be that way. You can be changed. I saw this transformation in my dad. Many of you know my dad. I know he's watching today, so I've got to be really careful. There was times where, where, where he could be a little grumpy at times. He's an old New Yorker, rough edges. But I saw the longer that he walked with the Lord, the softer he became. It's beautiful to watch. When he was growing up, I was scared of him. He, he, he got to be careful. <laughs> he was tough. But I saw the longer he walked with Jesus, the softer he became. And he changed. He was different. He was a new person. He served full-time ministry over, over 60 years. Preached until he was 84 years old. And I can tell you, the older he got, the more he was like Jesus. I want that said of me. I want that said of you. That the longer we walk with him, the longer we serve him, the sweeter he grows, and we're different, we're changed. Can I get an amen? Number, number five, no, I'm sorry, number six. When you wrestle with God, it's always a place where God's grace is revealed. Everyone say grace. Grace. Genesis 32, 20. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God's face to face, and yet my life was spared. Guess what? When you wrestle with God, it's always a place of grace. He says to you today, my grace is sufficient for you. Not judgment, but grace. He's amazing grace. Can I remind you today that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And the truth that he wants to expose to you today is side by side by his grace. The truth of God will always be accompanied by his grace. And God says to you today, grace. You can be different. You can be changed. And then number seven, as we close. When you wrestle with God, it will always be a fight that you will never 
ever forget. How many have ever had a fight with God, a wrestling match with God? Sometimes you, you never forget it. The reason that Jacob was never able to forget this wrestling match with God is because God touched his hip, and for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. Anybody ever had a, a bad hip? He walked with a limp. Every step he took, he was reminded of God's grace, God's mercy, God's kindness. He didn't look cool because he walked with a limp. Every morning he woke up before he got, got his cup of coffee, go, oh man, my hip's hurting. Walk all day long, can you imagine? He couldn't get an Uber. He had to walk everywhere. He walked with a limp. You know, there's a lot of people that have limps and they try to pretend that they don't. And, and they, they walk around sophisticated and they walk around like they got it all together, but down deep you just know they've got a limp. They, they've got something and they're walking with a limp and they're the only ones that don't know it. They're trying to pretend. Can I tell you something? If I were you, I would be proud of the limp that God gives you. It's a sign of his grace. It's a sign of his mercy. Never trust any leader who doesn't have a limp. And can I tell you something? For most of my ministry, I tried to walk through life and walk through ministry without a limp. I wasn't trying to avoid anything. I was just trying to do what God had called me to do, and I didn't fully understand what wrestling with God really, really means until September 14th of 2019. Can I tell you, I wrestled with God. And the result of that wrestling match was that God gave me a limp. And I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed. Never trust a leader that doesn't have a limp. When my dad turned 80, he had a bad hip. And he tried his very best never to walk with a cane. And he was starting to stumble. He was starting to misstep. He was starting to wobble. And I was really worried about him. So Chris and I had a, had a, a smackdown at Jabak with our dad. We said, Dad, we're worried about you. We, want you to, we don't want you to fall. Here's a cane. We want you to start walking with a cane. And he was resistant to walking with a cane. Why? Because he didn't want anyone to know that he had a limp. But guess what? Everyone knew he had a limp. Except for him. So here's my dad's cane that he started using. And it took a little bit of humility. Took a little bit of sucking up the pride. And realized that for the rest of his life he was going to walk with a limp. 
Everyone knows you walk with a limp, except for you. Walking with a limp is a good thing. Embrace it. It means you've been with God. It means you've been wrestling with God. It means that you are changing. It means that you're getting different. It means that you're growing to be more like Christ. Quit trying to pretend that you don't have a limp and embrace the limp because the limp that God gives you is a touch of his grace and his mercy, and it's a good thing. When you fight with God, you will always change, and you will always be reminded every step you take how gracious God is to you that he would form you into the image of Christ. And that's what he wants to do today. Would you stand across the auditorium? I surrender all I surrender all All to Thee, my blessed Savior I surrender Sing it again, church. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. time. I surrender all. And I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. have a smackdown right here. I'm going to ask you to do something that may be a little bit awkward, a little bit hard, a little bit difficult. But Jacob had to leave the things behind and cross over. When you cross over, it's one-on-one. It's only you and him. But when you surrender all, he changes you. There's just something about you getting up and moving as a demonstration of what you want God to do in your life. And this is what I want you to do. If there's an area in your life that the Holy Spirit has just prompted, an area that you know you need to work on, an area that, 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 that you've, been, you've been carrying around for, for, for years and years, you don't have to live like this anymore. This is what I want you to do. And I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is going to just help people today. I'm going to have you come forward. And when you come forward, there's going to be a beautiful exchange. You're going to exchange your negative belief systems. You're going to change your 
your loneliness, your rejection. You're going to bring it. You're going to lay it at the altar, and you're going to surrender. And God, in return, is going to give you grace and mercy. There's bitterness, depression. You're going to leave it here, and you're going to be free today. Guilt, failure. As I'm putting these on the front altar, I want you to start coming. I want you to come to the river Jabbok. I want you to come forward and I want you to surrender that area in your life, low self-esteem, anxiety. If there's an area in your life that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, fear, trauma, you're going to leave that here and you're going to leave free today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just come and I want you to stand. Kneel. Whatever you need to do, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to touch your life and to make you whole and different today by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus. You're all I need. You're all I need. Jesus. You're all I need. You're all I need. You're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. Church, lift your hands and sing it to him today. pray together as we are at the river Jabbok, the place of empty, the place where you surrender. And I love what Heather Ash Omara says, allow the fires of transformation to burn away all that doesn't serve you. God, our fear, our insecurities, our failures, We ask you to burn today. Take away, God, the negative words. Take away the negative images. Take away all that would keep us from being more like you. Holy Spirit, we stand in your presence today and we ask you to change us. Make us new. God, give us a new name. God, let us finish well. God, let us the next 20 years serve you free without the baggage of the past. God, prevail in our lives. 
Make yourself real to us as we acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit and the work that only he can do. God, do it in our lives and do it in our hearts. And God, let us embrace the limp that you give us for your glory today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Now before you leave, just stay right where you are just for a moment. I got a bag here that's empty. How would you like to walk around with a bag that's only filled with the Holy Spirit? It's light. It's mobile. Looks good. I'm not straining. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not burdened. You see, that's what happens when you wrestle with God. He takes those things away and he frees you up. So today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to walk. Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And there's freedom. So you've left all your baggage here at the front, and you're walking now free, transformed, changed. And people are going to say to you, what happened to you? What's going on? I notice you walk with a limp, but you're different. You're changed. What a great opportunity for you to tell people about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that can work in our lives. Can I get an amen? You get a bag, and it's empty of all your luggage but it's full of the Holy Spirit to empower you to live the life he wants you to live. Lift your hands for a moment. Let me bless you as you go. In the audience online, receive this blessing today. I feel God saying over you today, you're changed. You're different. Thank you for, thank you for humbling yourself. Thank you for acknowledging that I'm your only way to change. I release you from the words spoken over you. I release you of the things that were said over you. I release you from the things that you've been carrying. And from this moment on, I'm no longer going to call you Jacob. I've got a new name for you. I call you Israel. God prevails. God prevails. God prevails. God wins. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So Israel, I command you to get up. Walk. Walk with a limp, knowing that you've encountered me, but that limp will give you credibility to demonstrate the grace of God to other people. In Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace, give you grace. May he empower you to walk with a limp for your good and for his glory. In the name of the Father. Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.